First uh, Thessalonians five eighteen. This is what the Bible says. It says, "Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you." Heavenly Father, today as we come together to hear your word and you speak to your people, God, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts. God, I pray that your spirit would move in this place. Lord, that all of us would leave here different than what we came in. We give you thanks today for what you're getting ready to do through your word. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. This is um, one of those scriptures that you read and it always has a tendency to pop up at those times in your life where the circumstances are not circumstances where you really want to give thanks. Uh, So you read a scripture like this, and it says, give thanks in all circumstances. And you're like, really, all circumstances? Like, like, do you not see what's going on in my life, Lord? Do you not see the challenges I face, the difficulties I'm dealing with, the struggles, the health problems, all of those things that I'm dealing with? Do you not see those things, and you're telling me to give thanks in them? And, and, you know, when when we read these, these scriptures about giving thanks, it it usually uh, is one of those times in your life where you have a hard time being thankful. It's funny how God works that way. When, When you are having a hard time in your life, he says, hey, you need to give thanks. And so today I want to to enter this understanding that it is difficult for some of us to give thanks this time of year. Uh, I know some people have had loss, they've had sickness, they've had uh, great trials and tribulations in their lives that make it difficult to say thank you, Lord. If we're going to be honest, and I know like we all like to come into church and put on our Christian mask and, and look the part and look happy and cheerful and joyful because God forbid anybody ever see a struggle and have a hard time, which is kind of ironic because you would think that the house of God is the place that you should be able to come and feel like you can put your things before God at his feet. But for whatever reason, we want to always pretend like things are great and we have a false sense of thanksgiving rather than true, genuine, authentic thanks towards God. And so today, I do understand that for some people, it is extremely difficult this season uh, to to give thanks in your circumstances. But I want to be clear on this, that it's not giving thanks for your circumstance necessarily. It's giving thanks in your circumstance. You know, like, I, I don't think God expects us to always be thankful for our sickness. You know, although the Bible does say he works all things together for our good. But it's usually after the sickness has passed and you have seen what God has uh, produced in your life through that season that you're able to give thanks for it. But I I believe that in every circumstance there are still things to be thankful for. We're going to dive into that a little bit more here in just a moment. But I, I also want us to understand that being thankful is the will of God for your life. Why is it such a big deal for it to be the will of God for your life? Because an attitude of thanksgiving gives you a new perspective and outlook on your life that allows you to overcome things like anxiousness and depression and and anxiety and, and all of those things that bring you down. Thanksgiving is an attitude that lifts you up and raises you up and it raises those up around you. 
thanksgiving and that attitude and that spirit is such a powerful thing. And that's why it's God's will for us. Because if we would have more of an attitude of thanksgiving, there are things in our lives that we would have an easier time overcoming. And I always have found it ironic that this time of year, you know, we we eat turkey, we go maybe go around the table, all share what we're thankful for uh, this year, and and all of those things. And then immediately at about midnight on Thanksgiving, everybody's fighting each other in Walmart over a TV that that you're not really saving money on. Like like, I always tell people, yeah, you know, you you save some money on Black Friday, but you'd save even more if you just didn't buy anything at all. And, and so we, we, we have this mentality of, oh, we're so thankful. Now I'm going to go push somebody and punch somebody so I can get that TV that I really don't need. The one I have is perfectly fine, but I'm not really thankful. I just pretend to be because the holiday says I should be. And, and I find this irony in all of this. But when we have a, a thankful heart and spirit within us, we begin to find true joy. You know, you, you can visit third world countries. I've never been to a third world country myself. I'd, I'd love to go someday and visit and do ministry in a place like that. But I know people have, who have gone and they have said, these people don't have clean water. They don't have reliable food sources. Uh, their shelters are mud shacks. Yet they are some of the most joyful people in the world. Why? Because even without the Bible, they have learned the biblical principle of giving thanks. They're grateful for everything that they do have because they live in a place that lacks the abundance and lacks the convenience that has ruined us and spoiled us to the point where we don't even really know how to be thankful anymore. We, we aren't thankful for the food that we have. We, we say grace and we say, Lord, thank you for this food. But really what we're saying is, Lord, thank you for uh, letting this food get here quickly because I'm hungry. Not, be, not because you're genuinely thankful and grateful that you actually have a meal today. If we're going to be honest about it, a lot of times we fly through that prayer just so we can get it out of the way so we can eat. I mean, if we were really given thanks, and I have known some people in my lifetime that have not been allowed to pray anymore at Thanksgiving uh, because of how thankful they get for everything. They bless the turkey. They bless the turkey's parents. They bless the pie. They bless the pumpkin that it came from. They bless the pie crust. I mean, they bless everything down to the one cranberry in the cranberry sauce. I mean, they bless it all because they are truly grateful for it all. But everybody else is sitting there like, good night, do we really need to bless every individual rib and bone within the turkey? Can we just eat already? But they are genuinely thankful. I, I've always uh, made this joke that uh, you know when we go to family Thanksgiving on my side of the family, uh, typically they'll look at me and say, well, you're the pastor, you're the one that pray the blessing over the food. I'm like... Why, why you got to pick on me? Like, Not that I'm against giving thanks over it, but I, I've joked and I've said, I'm going to make sure you regret it next time. One of you can pray. Why do you got to rely on me? And again, I'm just joking about it, but I say, I'm going to make you regret it and I'm going to bless every little detail. I'm going to bless the wheat field that produced the rolls that we're eating. And so with that, like, like we can joke about it and laugh about it, but when is the last time we have really, truly been thankful? And it's not been this arbitrary, surface-level, shallow version of thanksgiving. When is the last time we have truly been grateful to God 
for all that we have in our life. That is something we truly need to reconsider in our lives and evaluate in our lives. Today I want us to also look at Psalm 100. It's only five verses, so don't worry too much. But this is what it says. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing and know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. That's enough right there to thank him. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. We all have reasons to be thankful to God. I personally think it's enough just knowing we belong to him. Like just the fact that he, he, he's given us a love and a belonging in his life or in, in his kingdom and in his family that, that we don't deserve, that is reason enough to be thankful. The fact that we are the sheep of his pasture and as the great shepherd, he watches over us and takes care of us and protects us and all of those things. Like, like I know people say that if God never gave me anything else or never did anything else for me, just him saving me and bringing me, he, bringing me into his kingdom was enough. I, would, I don't need anything else. I, I've heard people say that. Unfortunately, most people don't truly mean that because the moment something comes up, then they're praying and saying, Lord, I need you to take care of this too. That's not enough anymore. But, but it should be enough for us to just look and see that we belong to God and that we should, that should be enough. But if we need some more reasons today, if, you, if we look again in verse 5, it says, For the Lord is good. When you begin to study the, I, I did some more in-depth Hebrew study on it this week, uh, because as I was studying this, uh, there, there is some different words used in different translations in this last verse, and I'll get more into that when I get to those words. But when you begin to study the true meaning of these scriptures, when we look at, for the Lord is good, it's not necessarily uh, talking about uh, he's just given us everything that we've ever wanted, therefore we think he's good. What it's talking about is God is morally perfect. He always makes the perfect decision and always does the perfect thing. But I know usually our definition of good is based on the circumstances in our experience with God. But the reality is, is sometimes in the worst of circumstances, God is still good. No matter how bad things are in your life, God is still doing the right and best thing for you. It doesn't matter how terrible it is. I heard somebody, or I saw something this morning. I was just sitting eating breakfast, and a pastor friend of mine shared something. And I'm probably going to butcher it, but the sentiment of it was, is the blessings remind us of how good God's been to us, but the suffering is what leads us to his image and conforms us to be more like him. And so in, in all these things, what God is doing, he's making the good and perfect decision concerning our life to lead us in the direction he wants us to go. 
Like, if, if you never suffered, if you never had hardship, if you've never had challenges in your life, you would be a pretty fruitless and weak person. Like, the sufferings that you have in your life are what has made you who you are today. Now, for some of you uh, and, and some other people in this world, those sufferings have turned you bitter and have turned you to be angry and have turned you into sin. But for others, they have been turned around and have, people who have allowed God to work in their life, they have led to producing peace and patience and kindness and have led to a level of fruitfulness that you would never get in comfort. God always is making the right decision concerning us. Always. That that is so hard for us to comprehend. Because in our eyes, in the way we view the world and view circumstances, we see it as harmful and it's hurting us and it's going to be the death of me. But in reality, what he is doing is, is producing something greater in you. Sometimes you need those hard circumstances to push you out of the nest. He didn't call you to cluck with the chickens. He called you to soar with the eagles. And if he doesn't ever give you any test, any hardship, you won't be prepared to fly. At some point, we have to be pushed out of the nest. We have to experience something. I use this comparison all the time when talking about building spiritual strength in our life. If, we, if you go to the gym and you work out, you're going to feel soreness. You're going to feel hardship lifting the weights. It's not an easy thing to do. It is hard on your body. It's hard on your mind. It can even be hard on your emotions. But through the process of being disciplined in that and going and through with it and sticking with it, you come out on the other side healthier, stronger, Stronger and better than what you were before you went into it. So when we talk about this, no matter what circumstance we are in, we have to understand that the Lord is good. Everything that he does is perfect. And he is working for us a greater plan for us than we ever would have come up with for us. And if we don't have an attitude of thanksgiving, and we don't have an attitude where we are, are, are giving thanks to him, these circumstances are so much more difficult to endure. But if we were to have an attitude of thanksgiving and looked at our suffering as someone who lifts weights in the gym, we could say, Lord, thank you for this burden because through it I will be stronger. Lord, thank you for this test of my patience because through it I will bear more fruit of patience. Lord, thank you for this test because through this situation, I, will know I, I know I will bear more kindness. If we shift our attitude and our mindset to give thanks in every circumstance, the circumstance won't be so difficult. We have to understand that the Lord is good. The second thing I want us to understand is that his steadfast love endures forever. Now, in some translations, uh, King James, New King James, I think a few others, it says his mercy endures forever. Well, I'm using the English Standard Translation today. Um, It's one of my favorites, but when you begin to study the Hebrew word there and and dive deep into it, uh, the word, and I'm going to butcher it, but the Hebrew word there is hesed, um, and it is the Hebrew word that literally means steadfast love and mercy. So it's an interchanging um, usage there. It's not that one translation was just 
making stuff up. It's that they opted to go this direction with it. But when you really study it, they really mean the same thing. The steadfast love that the scripture is talking about through this, it's a love that always shows grace. It's a love that always is gracious and kind and merciful to the person that is receiving it. It's a love that just doesn't quit. It's a love that doesn't give up on somebody. It's a love that always works for the betterment and for the growth and prosperity of a person. It's a powerful word. Like Sometimes you got to dive a little bit deeper than the surface level in the scriptures. Uh, I'm not saying go take a Hebrew class, but once in a while, if, if, you, if you need to, look some stuff up on Google. But if you, if you go through and you understand this word, you, you see a gracious love that, that exemplifies mercy to us, and it's a love that never quits on us. And so if we have something else to be thankful for, it's that we have a God who never gives up on us. We have a God who never gives us what we truly deserve. In fact, he gives us everything that we don't deserve. That, that's powerful because not one of us has ever... Jesus said there's only one who is good. And none of us are that one. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Like, none of us deserve heaven. None of us deserve the blessings. None of us deserve grace and mercy. But God, in his sovereign love, in his steadfast love, has looked at us and said, I love you enough to give you a second chance to give you grace and to give you mercy so that you don't have to get what you truly deserve. I'm thankful for that love today. If, if I don't know where I would be without that love of God, without his steadfast love. If he, if he would have ever quit on me, I don't know where I'd be. If he would have ever even never started with me, I don't know where I'd be. But because of his steadfast love for his people, we have a hope and a future in heaven. We have a chance to be redeemed. We have an opportunity to be forgiven, to experience his grace and his mercy, to where we don't have to suffer the consequences of our sins. If you've got nothing else that you can find to be thankful for, you can be thankful that you are loved by the King and the God of the universe. If you've got nothing else in your life going right, we always have that. It's not based on anything we've done to deserve it, because we don't. It's not, you can't do enough to get his love. You will never by your works be able to get God's love and his mercy and grace. You can try to do good deeds. You can try to do uh, the right thing, but you will always fall short. You will always fail. We will never be able to live up to the holiness and, and the goodness of God. Amen. But through his grace and his mercy, he has saved us and redeemed us, and he's conforming us into the image of his son day by day. And I am thankful for that. Finally today, something, another reason we can be thankful is that he is faithful to all 
generations. Some translation uh, will say he is true or trustworthy to all generations. But what it really means is, is really the same thing. The Hebrew word there again, and I'm, I'm going to butcher it, uh, but it's muna or muna, something in that ballpark. And it's the Hebrew word used there, and it's a faithfulness that is always honest. In other words, it is a faithfulness to himself, to where he will never change on us, to where he will always keep his word and he will always tell us the truth. In other words, every promise God has made to us, he will keep. In other words, if you're in the valley right now, you need to understand that he has promised you a place on the mountain. And if you're in the valley, you still will get to the mountain. In fact, you can't even have a mountain without a valley. And you can't have a valley without a mountain. And you can't get to the top of the mountain before, without climbing first through the valley. So if God's given you a promise today, we have, we have the reality that he is faithful to Two generations, that, that, that no matter what generation you are, no matter how long it's been, no matter how long it still has yet to come, he will keep his promises. He will never lie to us. In fact, he's not a man that he can lie. Today we have so much to be thankful for. And I really hope that we live a life that is not surface level, it's not shallow in thanksgiving, but is true, it is authentic and sincere. I know that we, we are shifting gears away from the season of thanksgiving and the celebration of thanksgiving with turkey and stuffing and all of those things, and we're moving into a season uh, of, in America, it's consumerism, it's shopping, it's going into debt, to just to make people happy, make yourself happy temporarily, because the reality of it is those gifts you buy in a couple weeks, you'll forget you even had it. And, and, and it's just, it's one of those seasons where it's like, we, we got to do all this, and we got to be all this, and we got to make all these different things happen, and it's busy, it's all over the place. We were talking to somebody just the other night, they said eh, every weekend for the whole month of December is booked already uh, because of different things they have going on. And not that it's wrong to have parties and celebrations of Christmas, but I never want us to lose sight of the fact and lose, lose our, our mindset and our spirit of thanksgiving. As we move into the season known for gift giving and, and all of that, we, we can't just leave thanksgiving behind. It's not just a one weekend out of the year we celebrate type of thing. It should be a lifestyle for us. It's a way of living. It is the will of God for us to live thankfully. And I don't want to ever be somebody who lives outside of the will of God. I want to be right in his will at all times, at all seasons. I want to live a life that is thankful unto him. Because at the end of the day, if we have nothing else to be thankful for, he is good, his steadfast love endures forever. And he is faithful to all generations. He will keep his promises to us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today?